This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Second hour of Seattle Sports Tonight is right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Curtis Rogers and Stacy Rost here with you for the next hour. Joining us from Phoenix, site of the NFL owners meetings, is ESPN.com's Brady Henderson. Brady, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You bet. Thanks for having me. Well, first off, how, how's the chain restaurant scene down in Phoenix? I know that's that's the most Hi. important thing. Um, you know what? I we the first night we were here, we went to some pizza place that I believe it was local. Uh, it was deep dish, and then last night was the big, um, you know, the big uh, owners' meetings party where they, for some reason, let uh, us media schlubs in there, and so we go around eating all the fancy food and um, <laughs> taking, let's say, taking advantage of the open bar. So uh, I don't, I don't know if I've gone to a, a chain okay. yet, but oh, you know what? That's not true. My first was stop it a when I got here. Was that an in and out? So, oh, okay. so I, was, I forgot about that. Well, Jessamyn wanted to yeah. know how many yeah. times you'd been to Panera so far. You know, I have, uh, believe it or not, I've never been to a Panera in my life. What? Wow. Brady. Yeah. All right. I mean, you're not missing out yeah. on a whole yeah, lot. It's actually yeah. more of a subway. Yeah. More of a subway guy. <laughs> that's offensive. Oh, you are more of a subway guy. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Let's well, I mean, it's it's fair that you went to in and out because we don't get those up in up in the Northwest, so. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's reasonable. That's more than reasonable. But uh, Brady, you're at the NFL's owner uh, owners meetings here this week. Uh, today, Pete Carroll spoke to the media assembled and had a lot to say, um, most notably about Bobby Wagner, Doug Baldwin, even a little bit about Malik McDowell. Uh, let's start with Doug Baldwin and his status, his health. Last year, a big question mark heading into the season, missed a few games during the regular season. And then this off season, he's had already two operations about to have his third. What is the concern level right now with the Seahawks for Doug Baldwin? I, I think it's, I think it's up there. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a guy who uh, is 30 years old. And as you said, missed, uh, you know, he basically had a, a career's worth of injuries in one season last year with both knees, uh, the hip groin shoulder, uh, that was a lot to deal with, and you know the, we got word from from Pete today that Baldwin is indeed going to have sports hernia surgery after already having surgery uh, on his knee and shoulder. Um, and I asked him, you know, is that going to be it? You know, having already had the knee, the shoulder, the upcoming sports hernia, does he have anything else he needs to get operated on? And Pete said he didn't know, uh, but he didn't rule that out. So um, I would say, yeah. Yeah, there, there's probably got to be some concern there. And, you know, I, I get the impression. I think you have to wonder, too, um, you know, what kind of a toll that takes on a player mentally um, and, and how much longer a guy like Baldwin is, is going to want to put his body through that. Um, you know, I think a lot of players have those thoughts after the season and then they end up coming around and, you know, they, they say, okay, I'm, I'm, I can do this again. Um, but, you know, I think with Baldwin, just based on the way he talked about that season, uh, being hell for him, I think you've, you've got to wonder, you know, how much longer he's going to want to put his body through this. Um, and you know, for that reason, I think wide receiver has to be an area where they add to, either you know, in free agency. We know they um, have had interest in Jordy Nelson. I don't think those two situations are necessarily tied directly to one another, uh, just because you know we saw them have interest in Jordy Nelson last year. We know that John Schneider and him have a, a real close relationship back from their days. Uh, together in Green Bay, I don't think so. I don't think the Nelson interest and the Baldwin 
sort of injury uncertainty there are necessarily tied together. But I do think just with Baldwin's situation, that is a position uh, that you've got to add to, whether it's free agency and or in the draft. Brady, you confirmed yesterday a report that linebacker Michael Kendricks was having his sentencing hearing postponed. Uh, what's the latest on that? Did, did Pete Carroll talk about Kendricks at all? Um, no, n- not really. You know, we sort of asked him uh, about Kendricks and them having to wait and see. And, there, you know, there really isn't a whole lot that the team can say just because the team doesn't, you know, really know a whole lot more, I think, than, than a lot of people do just because it's very much up in the air. Um, my understanding is that the, the, he was scheduled to have a, a sentencing, was scheduled to be sentenced on April 4th. That has been canceled. Um, I do not believe that there is any new date for that set. So, um, you know, it, like, it's possible at this point. You know, it's been moved back so many times now. I think it was initially going to be in December, then January, then April. So, at, you know, at, at this rate, it could just keep getting deferred and delayed. Uh, and maybe there's a possibility that it could get deferred all the way, you know, through the end of next season and, and Kendricks ends up being able to play. You know, either way, the Seahawks, and I, I uh, you know, wrote about this uh, today on ESPN.com, you know, either way, they, they structured that contract in a way that's going to protect themselves um, in the event that he is unavailable. No guaranteed money. Um, a lot of his money is tied up in being able to report to training camp, being on the roster in week one, and then, you know, there's $2 million in per-game roster bonuses. So, um, you know, he, he's going to have to earn that contract. He's going to have to be available in order to make that money. Brady Henderson of ESPN.com joining us here on Seattle Sports at Night for a few moments from the NFL owners meeting. And Brady, from one sort of cloudy situation with Michael Kendricks to another, Malik McDowell uh, getting some interest from the Dallas Cowboys organization. Pete Carroll spoke a little bit about that today. Uh, Just what is sort of the lingering feeling in that building uh, over the whole Malik McDowell uh, drama that has been following the organization around since he was picked in 2017. Yeah, well, you know, Pete Carroll even said today that he was surprised to hear what Drew Rosenhaus said yesterday when, uh, you know, a couple of us pulled Drew aside and, and asked him what was going on with Malik. And uh, Rosenhaus said that he's been independently cleared. So the, the key word there is uh, he's been cleared by independent doctors. So, you know, he still is going to need whatever team that is interested in him or that wants to sign him to clear him on their own. And, you know, those doctors may have an entirely different set of standards. Certainly the Seahawks doctors had a different set of standards because they did not clear McDowell. That's why he never played it down for the Seahawks. So, um, you know, Pete expressed a little bit of surprise that, that some other doctors were able to clear him. Um, and, you know, Drew Rosenhaus did say that he expects, McDowell to be able to play this season but you know who knows that that may be you know sort of wishful thinking on his part because it's all it's not like there is there's one standard that you know you either pass a physical or you fail a physical it's sort of up to the team's doctor's discretion um in terms of you know whether or not they they feel comfortable letting a player play and and whatever team that is interested in them they're going to have to make that decision so um you know what else I'll say about that is you know I saw some of the reaction on Twitter from people saying that you know gosh, if he ends up, you know, going on to have this great career, that's going to look so bad for the Seahawks. And what I would say to that is, okay, maybe, but it would look a lot worse if the Seahawks were to clear him and then he really injures his head a lot worse uh, than he already did. And I think that's the Seahawks' concern in this whole thing is that, you know, they know that he had a significant head injury. Um, We don't really know the exact details of what happened, the exact nature of the head injury other than Pete Carroll, you know, at one point describing it as a really bad concussion. So, 
that's just not a risk the Seahawks want to take, both for McDowell's sake and for their own sake. Um, and so, yeah, it would kind of sting a little bit to, to see him go on to have this great career, you know, from the Seahawks standpoint, knowing what could have been for them. Uh, but, you know, the, the worst case scenario here is that he gets cleared and he ends up hurting himself a lot more than he already did. That would be a lot worse than, than the alternative that we just mentioned. It's always tough to, to come away with a lot uh, with a meeting with a head coach. Obviously, they're focused on protecting the team and, and keeping a lot of information private when it's in the works. But is there anything new that you came away with after the meeting with Carroll? No, you know, just because I think Rosenhaus for, you know, the, you know he's, he was vague about uh, what it was, you know, just saying that it was uh, a brain injury, a head injury, and, and he didn't really go into any more details about that. And, um, you know, this, this, I think the situation is what it is you know, very much clouded in a lot of mystery in part because this was a non-football activity. He was uh, he was injured, you know, obviously on an ATV, whereas if he had been injured sort of in the course of play or in practice, then I think the team would have been able to, to be more forthcoming about, um, about, you know, what exactly happened. But because this was a non-football injury, you know, there's just some privacy issues there that I think preclude the team from – from really getting into detail about what happened. So, you know, unfortunately, there's there's really nothing, there's not really more light shed this week mm-hmm. on, on what exactly happened, uh, but we do have a, a little bit more clarity on what could be ahead for, for Malik McDowell. Uh, I'm going to assume he was asked about two big uh, upcoming extensions, potentially for Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, big decision for the Seahawks coming up. Uh, it sounds like his comment on Russell Wilson was was, again, a little vague, understandably so, but he sounded... Is it a stress to say he sounded more positive about Wagner? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I was struck by the, the last thing he said about Wagner. He didn't spend a, a ton of time talking about where things stand in those negotiations. But he said that, you know, it sounds like they have had some, you know, preliminary talks. And he said Bobby is going to be a Seahawk. So, um, you know, that, that sounded like he's confident that they're going to be able to get that done. Of course, that's, you know, that, that's kind of a complicated situation uh, with Bobby representing himself. You know, you could look at it and say that might, you know, hurt the chances of him coming back. You could also look at it and say that might help the chances of, of Bobby coming back. Um, you know, I will say, I think getting K.J. Wright done, I think that only makes it easier to imagine them getting something done um, with Bobby Wagner. But, you know, it, it's you, when you look at what the price tag just rose up to, um, you know, with C.J. Mosley getting a deal from the, uh, from the Jets for what was it, 17 million or something like that? That price tag for inside linebackers has gone way, way up. Uh, and Wagner is a much more accomplished player than C.J. Mosley is. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a, an easy deal by any stretch. But Pete Carroll, like you said, did sound optimistic on that. And then you know, he, he did not have a ton to say about you know where things stand with uh, with Russell there. That's you know as big as that Wagner deal might be. You know, the, the Wilson contract is going to be a, a whole lot bigger. And so that's not something that's going to come together easily at all. That's going to take a long time. And my understanding from what I've heard is that there have only been sort of those preliminary, real early discussions, nothing where they're sitting down and, and really starting to hammer out firm details or anything like that. And, you know, this is sort of the, the order of business that the Seahawks prefer to go in. Usually it's, you know, taking care of, you know, their own, you know, guys who are about to be free agents, so guys who just finished out their contract, that's the first order of business. You try to get that done, you know, before free agency. Then you have free agency, and then it's the draft. And then, you know, we've seen them, when they re-sign guys that still have a year left on their contract, that's always been, you know, May, June. Uh, Russell's last deal was right before training camp, same as Bobby Wagner. So um, I think those would 
sort of take priority much later in the offseason, much closer to the start of the season. He is Brady Henderson of ESPN.com. Brady, thank you so much for joining us here, and uh, we'll let you get back to work down in Phoenix. All right, Curtis, Stacy, thank you for having me. Coming up next here on Seattle Sports at Night, we unpack all that Brady Henderson told us, including the latest on Bobby Wagner's negotiations with the Seahawks, Russell Wilson's negotiations with the Seahawks, and Doug Baldwin's health. That's all coming up next. Curtis Rogers, Stacy Ross, Seattle Sports at Night on 710 ESPN Seattle. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. You can download the podcast, 710sports.com. You can subscribe to it, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. It's all there for you. Every single episode of every single edition of Seattle Sports at Night is at your fingertips. It's readily available right there for you. Curtis Rogers, Stacy Rost here with you on this Tuesday night. Get your text in for the last segment of this second hour as we answer every single thing, or we you can ask us anything, and we will answer it and ask us anything. That's coming go. up uh, in about a half hour from now. Coors Light text line is there for you, 710-710 is that number to text, but Brady Henderson, we just heard from him here on Seattle Sports Night from the owners' meetings, and Brady gave us a lot of info. And to me, a couple of things that stick out, we we didn't get to it earlier in the show, but Bobby Wagner and his contract status with the Seahawks, his deal is up after this season, and K.J. Wright was in a very similar situation heading into the 2019 season. He got a new deal for the Seahawks. I look at that situation and how the Seahawks handled it, how they were able to still reward K.J. Wright, even though he had an injury-plagued 2018 season, how they brought him back. I think that is a very, very hopeful sign for Bobby Wagner's negotiations, even though, as Brady pointed out, Bobby is going to be doing the negotiations himself. He doesn't have an agent. He's not represented by anybody. I think it's still going to work out uh, for all parties here in Seattle. Yeah, there's certainly, I think, an incentive there uh, unique to Bobby Wagner's situation. Um, It's rare that players can spend the entirety of their careers with one franchise. Wagner has a chance to do that with this third deal, uh, assuming it's a bit of a longer one. Um, And I think that if you're a player, I would imagine, and you get to that point, if you feel like the franchise you're with is one that still supports you and, and one where you feel like you have a place, that might be tempting in and of itself. Um, he's certainly not going to give them, I would imagine, a hometown discount. I mean, he's uh, been for at least the last two or three years and, you know, you'd argue consistently throughout his career, the top linebacker in the league. And it's not even like a top five. Like he was rated, graded out as the top linebacker in the league last year. So you want to get, you know, like Brady said, uh, far more than would a CJ Mosley or even a Quan Alexander with San Francisco. Uh, Those are guys that when you're looking at, at what you're asking for, what you're negotiating for, uh, you want to make sure it's nowhere close to that. Um, so that's one thing to consider. But I do think the K.J. Wright signing certainly helps that. you got to spend, um, you know, if you stay here for another at least two years, you're looking at almost a decade with a player who I know the two are personally close friends. So, um, I mean, that's someone that you got to spend most of your career with. 
Uh, he didn't get him a lot on the field last year, so he'll have him return this year. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it'll be hard in general for Seattle to figure out a way to, if they want to, retain Russell Wilson, Frank Clark, and Bobby Wagner. I'm not even convinced they can do all three, and it'll be really hard to figure it out. You'll have to hit on all of your draft picks and, and find a way to get yourself the most efficient, cheap players you can outside of those guys. That being said, I do think that this this sounds uh, like Bobby Wagner is uh, perhaps even the most promising of those guys. I know Pete Carroll talked about Frank Clark, uh, said negotiations are going on there, but um, I think this is a positive. I think that Bobby Wagner is certainly someone they would love to keep long-term. And, and to me, even though Pete Carroll isn't saying a ton, um, mentioning that K.J. Wright adds some leverage there is is something that I'm sure they considered even when signing Wright. Yeah, and I mean, I think when it all comes down to it, when this era of Seahawks football is all said and done, when Pete Carroll and John Schneider are long gone, when Russell Wilson is retired, when Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas, when they're retired, when Bobby is retired – you're going to look at the resume of all the guys that made up that 2013 defense, the 2014 defense. I think Bobby could end up having the most impressive out of all of those guys. He's the youngest out of all those guys, and yet he has been, I think, at the top of his position for longer than all of those guys. Mm-hmm. And he's also at a position, linebacker, where you tend to see guys play into their early 30s, their mid-30s, whereas all these other guys – their careers tend to teeter around age 30. I think Bobby has kept himself in such amazing shape. He's only, I don't think he's missed more than a handful of games in his entire career. And I think the Seahawks know the kind of player that he is, the kind of workhorse that he is in that building. And it is, he outworks just about anybody every single day. Uh, just a freak of nature when it comes to athleticism. Uh, I think the Seahawks are going to be much more at ease in handing out a third deal to Bobby Wagner than probably anybody they've ever handed out a third deal to. No, I I agree. I think that, uh, you know, Pete Carroll has his culture that he runs, his way of doing things. And uh, as as friendly as he might seem to fans, I think he is very particular about um, how that's run and, and how guys fit into it. And um, I think that when you look at Bobby Wagner's development in, in during Carroll's tenure, um, it's it's on track with, I think, the development, the ideal development that he would want to see. You've got a guy that started out as a really young, talented guy, and slowly you've seen Bobby Wagner evolve into a leader, uh, become a little more vocal, um, and, and still a guy that gets hyped up, has a lot of that energy that he likes to see. Um, I mean, Bobby Wagner last year, it felt like uh, he was doing regular press conferences, um, which wasn't unusual. But I think especially with the departure of Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Cam Chancellor, it was interesting to see Wagner just completely fall into that role and and do it uh, very naturally, despite getting plenty of questions about uh, how does it feel becoming a leader and and kind of shrugging those off. And um, I think if I'm Pete Carroll, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, you know, this is a guy that could be really good transitioning into different stages of his career. I think so. I think this is a guy who is going to have every single up and down in his career and he's going to handle it uh, very smoothly. That's just kind of how Bobby Wagner has always been uh, about his business. Very rarely do we see him, 
you know, getting any kind of, of tiff. There was a, there was that one on Twitter a couple of years ago, him and Earl Thomas, but that yeah. got squashed pretty quickly. Who hasn't had some Twitter beef? Right? If you're not beefing on Twitter... I, you aren't doing Twitter right. There it is. <laughs> like, I couldn't have said it any better That's myself. For, yeah. Twitter's all about the beef. Come with it or don't come at all. Uh, sticking in that linebacker core, Michael Kendricks, his legal status still up in the air. Unfortunately, uh, the sentencing for his insider trading charges that he pled guilty to has been postponed indefinitely. It was scheduled for April 4th. It's not going to happen on April 4th. Uh, Legal experts have said this could drag out into the summer months, so June, July is when we could be looking at another chance for Michael Kendricks to receive his sentencing I'm just ready for this ordeal to be over. Whether it ends with Kendricks having to serve time or he gets away uh, with with just having to pay a fine and, and the Seahawks are able to employ him uh, regularly for the entire season. I'm, I'm just so done with this. And I, I can't if I'm saying this, I can't imagine what Michael Kendricks is feeling right here. Yeah, no, it's it's a, a bummer for him, I'm sure. It's um I, I keep thinking that uh, you know, like Brady said, with them uh, certainly having an out in that contract that I'm sure still the thought process going in for all parties involved is that it won't be a long sentence, but it just seems like it it keeps kind of cropping up and you keep having issues. That original sentencing hearing, I think, was moved to January from a different date. Was that right? Or was it originally in January? Either way, it's been pushed back uh, now, presumably through most of the year. So, um, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm eager for There are just certain things you also just get tired of hearing about, and this is one of them, and that sounds unfair, and I don't mean to minimize no. uh, Michael Kendrick's um, own, you know, legal battles. legal battles here. Like, you know, that's not fun. I'm not doing that. But there are just stories where you're like, man, this won't go away. No. Like this is continuing to be something that you see pop up for this team. And unfortunately, the Seahawks are kind of in this limbo with it as well. And same with Michael Kendricks. Like they can't really get on with it until something happens. Both parties, Kendricks and the Seahawks, are probably just like, like, come on now. Like Mm -hmm. let us let us figure out the plan of attack here. So if he does end up serving time, we can kind of direct our offseason that way. Or if he doesn't serve time, he can just join us and we can go about our business as usual. Yeah, you know what else to to switch it up stood out to me um, was Pete Carroll's response to uh, that Malik McDowell had been reportedly cleared by an independent doctor. I think I read the word surprising. Um, that's pretty ominous. Yeah. For me, if I'm looking at Malik McDowell's future, the thing is, it's a, you know, I've seen plenty of responses about what a waste of a pick and, and, you know, this was a horrible decision. Um, You feel awful for a young guy who's worked his entire life for that moment. And had it, you know, end in a tragic accident. Yeah. Um, And so as much as I'm hearing about, uh, you know, Dallas having some interest and um, any other teams that have had interest. I think Pete Carroll's comments today only further highlight that, like, I don't know if that's happening. Yeah. I I, I can't see – I think the chances of Malik McDowell suiting up in the NFL within the next calendar year, 
I'm going to put them at about 25%. And that's, 25? Yeah, which I think is even generous for his situation, not just his health, but also for the legal trouble he got into following that accident and where the Seahawks. I, I think if he hadn't gotten into those, what was it, the DUI, uh, when he was pulled over and had the, the taxes is taxes moment. I think that was uh, in was at in a like, nightclub. Okay. And he was uh, something about like a bill at a nightclub and then uh, the police detained him there. Yeah. And that was all reported. And so I, I think if he hadn't had that kind of slip up, I think the Seahawks may have been a little more open to sticking it out with him. I don't think the slip up, I think that they can be flexible with character things. Not that they want any kind of like uh, toxic person in there, but I think if there was a way that the Seahawks could have medically cleared him, they would have. They, it was an area of need. Area period of period need. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I think if there was any way he could have been on that field, um, you know, being detained by police included, he would have been. When we get back here on Seattle sports at night, Lots of new rules being thrown about by the NFL owners and the competition committee. Which ones have been signed off? Which ones will be going back to the drawing board for? That's next. Curtis Rogers, Stacey Ross, Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. With you for another 30 minutes here on 710 ESPN Seattle, Curtis Rogers, Stacy Rost, Seattle Sports at Night. 15 minutes from now, it's time for Ask Us Anything. Coors Anything. Light text line is there for you. 710-710. A lot of text coming in right now but uh nfl competition committee also meets this week in conjunction with the nfl owners meetings so what new rules are in place will anything change in the upcoming season we'll find out in tonight's big if true this can't be happening big you can't be serious man if did Did he he say say that that? true history is gonna change the bottom line on the hottest opinions of the day you cannot be serious tonight's big if true new rules in the nfl actually i don't know if you can even say there's new rules stacy i look at the rules that have been announced by the nfl is what's going into place Mm -hmm. in 2019 and i am I'm severely disappointed in the just the blahness of what these. It's not rules very are. exciting, is it? No, no. You don't have the fourth and fifteen untimed down in place of the onside kick. You don't have the sky judge to help with replay. You don't have expanded replay. Yeah, Kevin Seifert was on with John Clayton the other day and said that. Um, which is why I wasn't especially surprised by this, and and I don't think the people that were out there at the owners' meetings covering it were. Um, But he was on the other day, and he said that the general uh, feeling out there for people that are in Phoenix is that there was a lot of division um, between owners and coaches on certain things. Um, 
between owners and players uh, with just what different groups wanted. Um, the Sky Judge would be a big one. Owners are reportedly not, or the league not in favor of that, even though it's something coaches would presumably be fine with. I think there was, I think it was John Harbaugh who said something like, Oh, there is if you, if you pulled the coaches right now, it'd be unanimously yeah, in favor of right. the Sky Judge. Yep, and then the owners, uh, unsurprisingly, are more conservative, more traditional. Um, you know, families that have uh, held these te- or you know ownership of these teams for a long time, and they don't love a lot of change. It's not coincidental that not much has changed in the NFL year over year. And then the excuse they give for it is just... It It would be hard to get 17 new reps. It drives me up a wall. And then they're like, oh, there's a slippery slope for this. We don't know what this could entail. The slippery slope argument is one of my least favorite things when applied to something that's ridiculous. Yes. Because this, I mean, again... Kevin Seifert mentioned yesterday, Jake and I talked about it uh, and got into it too, is whether or not the league changes, the owners change, the way that people consume products is changing. And I don't know about you, but if there's a moment like the NFC Championship every year, your quality is, I mean, you're going to see the effects of that, whether or not you change it. When people say slippery slope, it keeps you from changing a problem because you're so afraid of making a mistake. And even a small change, and I know that that wouldn't have been fixed by replay, but say that, you know, some people propose, like, well, what if you have a challenge that you can challenge a non-call? And it would work just like a challenge. It's still a risky move. Um, people aren't going to be throwing flags all over the place and, and doing video just, review for uh... every single thing. Saying that some like a problem would be hard to solve is a pretty lame excuse to keep from addressing it. Yeah, and if this... If these rule changes fix problems like what we saw in the NFC Championship game, then that is a slippery slope I want to go down every single time. Like, put me on that slippery slope. Like, why would that be a bad thing? Oh, no. We can't let the machines take over. We can't let the cameras take over. Why not? The technology is available, and clearly, like, there are issues when you bring in the, when you account for human error. It really does feel like a generational thing. Is that bad that I feel that way? I mean, I know that's generalizing it, but it does feel like just kind of these like older owners that don't really see uh, why technology matters as much here. That is a, an overgeneralization. I'll be the first person to admit mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, some of these guys are very much part of those industries. But that being said, it's just something where... You can't be that afraid of change. I mean, you've made some ridiculous rule changes. And you've made rule changes that you didn't really stick to. And you've also made some mid-season focuses, which we saw last year with offensive holding, became suddenly more of a focus mid-season and ended up affecting the Seahawks quite a bit in a game against Arizona, I think, a late-season game. Um, We saw at the beginning of the season an emphasis on roughing the pass. Which they then kind of fell away from. Yeah, because it ended up costing the Packers a win in Week 1 against the Vikings. Uh, you know, it was just so ridiculous. You had to treat every single quarterback with oven mitts. And if, if, like, you take away an element of the game like that and football begins to not uh, be recognizable, I think if you are able to fix a lot of these wrongs and 
have a, a game in which you're getting calls right more often than you're not, like I don't see the the issue with expanding replay. I don't see it at all. And people are, oh, it slows the game down. Games are already four hours long. Yeah. What's an extra two minutes? If you talk, yeah, I, I really like, don't think it's that big of a stop deal. Stop complaining about, oh, replay slows the game down. You know what else slows the game down? Your the, commercials yeah, the that you're three selling. three-minute commercial breaks, all the 40-second the play clock. Yeah. When teams are getting plays off now with, with sped-up offenses with, like, 20 seconds left on the play clock. Replay is not the the end all be all thing that is slowing games down. No, Stop with that argument. Another rule that um, it was tabled, so not officially uh, kind of ruled out, but I I don't see this passing, and I'm kind of you know bummed to see that because it was interesting to me, um, and it was essentially like a college rules overtime, and I that would actually be an even bigger change to me um, than. Uh, would the uh, sky judge be? Uh-huh. But that being said, I wouldn't mind it. Like, imagine if you did see Patrick Mahomes get the ball in overtime in the AFC Championship And the Chiefs game. tied you, the game up. And you already made changes. The first two weeks of the season had back-to-back tie games since you already cut down that overtime. If you're going to make changes, why not just continue to, like, modify it and make it to where you think it's kind of fair? I mean... I don't know. What's worse, having a longer overtime or having a tie? Oh, having a tie 1,000%. Right. Like, get ties out of the NFL. I don't know why they're still around. College football was able to figure it out. And, yeah, their overtime period may not be the most aesthetically pleasing. Sure. But both teams get the ball. Both teams get equal opportunities to put the ball in the end zone and to put points on the board. And there is a definitive winner at the end of game. Very rarely do you see fluke wins in overtime in college. And in the NFL, you can see it time and time again. If you return that opening kickoff the entire way, the game's over. Mm -hmm. The other team doesn't get the ball because you put a touchdown up on your first possession. That, to me, is so insane because at every other point in the game... Well, and it's a coin flip. Exactly. So if if you're talking about a championship team or champ championship game, uh, again going back to the Chiefs and Patriots, where both teams I think could have, I mean that lead flipped back and forth so often in that game that I really do think that it could have gone either way, and it was essentially yeah. decided with a coin flip, and that's wild. I know that's a standard rule. This isn't anything new, but if you have the rule up there to be modified, why not go with it? What's the harm? What's the downside to that? Oh, it's the slippery slope. It's the slippery slope. Slippery slope. I mean, come on. This is my stepdad not wanting to try frozen yogurt and being so against it, and now he's in love with it. You never know it until you try it. That's a, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think that's how I was when I was probably like 12 in guacamole. Like, it's green. It's mushy. Like, yeah. That can't be And then good. it's amazing. Yeah, this it's, is how I felt about mustard. Yeah. You oh. miss out on amazing things if you if you just try to always stay the same. Say it louder for the people in the back. Say it with your chest. There we go. Coming up next, we wrap up this Tuesday night with your questions. It's time for you to ask us anything right here in Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. 
Seattle Sports Tonight right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's time for your questions. The Coors Light text line is there for you. 710-710. Stacy, what are you seeing out there for us to answer tonight? Curtis. Stacy. From the 253 caller, what's the most ordinary thing you've never done? Ordinary thing I've never done. Um, I've never seen an Indiana Jones movie. It's almost just that you're too young. Yeah. that's. I haven't either. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's pretty ordinary. We've also yeah. never have seen Die Hard. Never seen Die that's... Hard. I've never seen, uh, is it called Rambo? Yes, it is. Never seen that. Okay. Yeah. Like, those are pretty ordinary things that we've never done. Um, I've never been on a horse. Loser. Is that is that ordinary? Uh, I feel like pe- I don't think it's ordinary, but I think I, think I, I know a lot of people that have it. not really. I I I would wager that most people have been on a horse. I would wager that most people have not. Okay. Most people I know have not been on a horse. Okay. It depends where you're from. Yeah. I'm from SeaTac, Washington. See, there I'm, are not a lot of horses. <laughs> I'm from Kent, and the house I grew up in grew up on the it was on the same street as a horse barn. See, that's why you're thinking that. Yeah. You're thinking who doesn't have a horse barn on their street? Exactly. Everybody does. That's just growing up. That's what Have you been do. to Disneyland? Yes, I have. I have not. Really? That would probably be mine. I've never been to Disneyland. I've um, I've been to both Land and World. <laughs> to a yeah. Disney World and yes. Disneyland? Yeah. Um Disneyland's a fun time. That's the only one I can think of. I mean, I feel like you get into the kind of like ordinary foods you've never eaten conversation. Which we've done that. Which we've done that. So, yeah, that would probably be that one. Yeah. Never going to Disneyland. Who needs it? I don't. Uh, From the 425, if you won the lotto, what would stay the same about your life? What would stay the same? Um, My Twitter game. Actually, no, it would change. It would, I would have, definitely I would, change. I would have way less reservation about tweeting Because who cares? Exactly. Who cares? You're filthy rich. You're yeah. absolutely- If I get fired, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And would you would be paying change. to do ridiculous things. Like, you could spend money to go somewhere for a tweet that you think would be funny. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would turn into a, an influencer. You would? Yeah. You would become an Instagram influencer. I would. You could oh, become a man. fashionista. What would what would not change? What would stay the same if I won the lotto? Uh, I think you know, I would definitely my sports trivia love for that. I don't think that would change. I don't know how you improve that because you can't buy passion. No, and you can't buy smarts. You can't unless you're Aunt Becky. <laughs> you can try. Yeah. It didn't work out though, but you can try. Um, mine would probably be buying cheap clothes. You would continue to do that? I think so. It's just a hard habit to break. Like, I think, um, I feel like anyone that ever, maybe if you grew up without a lot of money, I feel like you never get, I, I didn't grow up like, you know, impoverished by any means. I'm I'm sure that just looking back. Middle just class. like a regular, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think no matter what, I could become a billionaire and I would still have moments of like, oh shoot, will my card go through? Yeah. No matter what. Like, it's just, you just have that fear that stays with you forever. It's like, it, it will never go away. You will constantly be looking for a cheaper alternative to something. And I listened to this podcast uh, called The Dollop. It's really funny. And they had one called um, The Witch of Wall Street. And it's about this woman 
named Hetty something. And she became uh, a millionaire in like the, I don't even know, like the 30s or 40s or something like that. And, and remained one of the cheapest people ever to where her son got like an infection and she didn't pay for him to go to the doctor. And he wow. ended up having his uh, like leg amputated. That's the. Thing. I wouldn't be that level of cheap, but I'm just saying. Like sometimes, if you if you grow up and you're worried about losing it, you you just you're still shopping at Forever Twenty One. That's one thing about I think a lot of billionaires have in common is that they don't spend too lavishly. Like there was that picture of Bill Gates at Dick's Drive-In a couple months ago. Maybe he just likes Dick's Drive-In. I mean, who doesn't? It's pretty dope. Burger. I think they spend lavishly on things that they want. Yeah. I they mean, just, if you've seen Bill Gates' house over in Renton, like, it's massive. What's the most excessive thing you would get? Uh, I'd probably do the typical billionaire thing, get a giant yacht. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, sure. I like wouldn't a, think yacht. That seems like so much footer. maintenance. Yeah, but, I mean, when you're that rich, you're not the one keeping up. You're not <laughs> You're not the one doing the upkeep. <sighs> Maybe a private jet. I No, I'm afraid of flying. Yeah? Uh, I'd, I'd up my shoe game. Yeah, I'd probably initially buy a lot of clothes, but that's not lavish. No. Maybe um, like a giant movie theater in your home. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, a good, good one. one. Th- those kinds of things I think I would do. I would essentially be a blank check. Shout out Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the Disney Channel blank original check where movies. it's just like there's like a basketball court and a movie theater, and I just add like essentially I make the mall my house. You. Combine blank check and combine Smart House. Yeah, another Disney Channel yep. movie. Until the Smart House takes over. Yeah, then it's like okay, Katie Seagal, you can. How step much time back. do I have? Do I have another one? We've got time for one more. Okay, um, I'm deciding between two. Uh, I like the three six zero one. Okay, three six zero. What's your don't get me started on this topic? The don't get me started oh. is. <laughs> Sean Miller and the FBI come from That's Arizona. That's why you wanted that. There I is knew there was so much misinformation out there. Like, get your facts right, okay? Sean Miller has not been implicated in anything. He is innocent as far as we know. He, there is no evidence of any kind of I could have come in and started right talking about Stormy Daniels. Yeah. And it would have gone Michael Avenatti. Wait a minute. Yeah. Which, I mean, today Michael Avenatti came at Arizona again with DeAndre Ayton, which, get your facts right. Don't get me started on this topic because I could do another three hours here. I think you really could. Yeah. This is the most impassioned you've been. Like, you know that that meme of It's Always Sunny where you've got the pictures on the yes, bulletin board? Yes, that's you trying yeah, to defend. that's me with this whole thing. In the middle, it just thing. says, bear down yeah, exactly. in giant writing. Exactly. And I've got the same look on my face. You know? Yeah. I'm ready for it. What's your don't get me started? Is it the, the Stormy Daniels stuff? Um, ooh, I don't know. Mine would, I, I can't think of one right away, but mine would probably be um, something about like a, a reality TV thing that I feel passionately about. It'll be something Bachelor? really stupid. I don't feel passionately about The Bachelor. I love it. I love Love Island, which is a British version of I, essentially Big Brother. I know what your don't get me started is. is the slander that the Markle family yes. sends towards Megan. Yes. Don't get me started would be uh, anyone talking about, I actually told Jake the other day, like sometimes I don't know why I, I like, you know, just back her up constantly. I don't know why, but I just get really defensive and I'm like, do not talk about Megan Markle. She's a princess. Leave her alone. Our queen, <laughs> our queen, Megan. 
There we go. That is tonight's episode of Seattle Sports at Night. I love you, we're, Megan. Yeah, we're going to be back tomorrow night. Maybe we'll get Megan Markle on the show. Who knows? I would die. If she called in. She, I, I imagine she's a big late night sports talk. Oh, I'm sure fan. she's, yeah, huge fan. Yeah, she's like, Harry, Harry. Get over you hear here. The, you hear these people? Yeah. That's exactly what's going down over at the Palace. But that's going to do it for us here tonight. They don't live at the Palace. That's, yeah, I, I got to get my facts straight. See, I shouldn't have gotten you're right. you started. You're actually, you're right. I'm still doing it. Exactly. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. For Stacey Rost, I'm Curtis Rogers. This is Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle.